Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Mice. My name is John. That's Ian. What is up? It is October 9th, uh, day of recording, and we're this is for episode 99. Guilds of Ravnica is Ravnica-licious. It's the Wayne Gretzky episode. Pretty much. Um, because yeah. Ravnica is great. It is. Uh, Ravnica is a lot of there? fun. Ravnica is great. It's true. Um, so... Over the weekend, I went to a uh, sealed PPTQ, which I'm going to talk about briefly. And then um, after kind of my experience of that, as well as doing a couple you know, other seals and drafts, I have opinions that disagree with other people's opinions. And so we're going to talk about those in a little bit. Yeah, this is going to be a, a John has thoughts and opinions episode. Not not quite um, it's a not, song. It's not a seething song. It's like not quite. It's like a step below, but it's capital thoughts and capital opinions. Definitely true. The, the T and the O. Mild takes here. Yes. <laughs> um, no eyes of the community this week. I can't think of anything that's really pressing that's happening in the. Uh, we had some, you know, getting some leagues and stuff rolling in for yeah. standard. Standard looks also our pretty wide open. Car, our preview card 5 0 to league and a black white control deck. Oh my god, that deck looks so fun and yet it's, so dumb as well. <laughs> it is, it is, well, it is a thing to be sure. <laughs> No, it's like um, so. To, to give her a quick rundown, it's got Fountain of Renewals, Dawn of Hope, Moment of Craving, uh, Karn, a couple of, like a full load of Vraska Contempt, a couple of Eldest Reborn, some Cleansing Nova, Chromatic Lantern to be able to get Chamber Sentry on the five colors. Yeah, to call There's, it a Chamber Sentry deck is incorrect. This is a this is a Dawn of Hope deck. <laughs> this is a Dawn. Yeah, this is absolutely a, a black white life gain control that uses Chamber Sentry and Chromatic Lantern to eventually get there. Yeah. I don't know what they do if Chamber Sentry is the literal last card in their library, but probably kill you with soldiers from Dawn of Hope at that point. But anyways, mm-hmm. we digress. There's another one on the sideboard, too, so that's two copies. Hey! They, they also have Josu Vest in the sideboard to go super wide, which is kind of nice. Spicy. I mean, if you're, put, if you're putting Josu Vest in your, in your sideboard, you're expecting that game to go long. Probably against Control is what I would be assuming. Yeah, and they've got some Golden Demises in the sideboard for tokens and Shalai. Basically drop a Shalai and then you know, make stuff hexproof. Exactly. Seems good. Seems it seems weird. It, it definitely looks odd. Like there's some deck lists where you look at them and you just go, "Oh, I, I get what's going on here." Play a bunch of dudes, kill you, or oh, counter a bunch of things, and then you know, win the game somehow. And this deck is just like, wait, how yeah. does it win the game? This is a deck that basically you just look at and you're like, I know this deck wins eventually. <laughs> this deck, this deck does a lot of things. All of them somewhat good. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like I guess discordant pieces that all just fit together. Yeah, Fount- although Fountain of Renewal plus Dawn of Hope is pretty spicy. Either way, it it's kind of spicy, and I'm glad it exists in the world because yay Chamber Century. Oh, actually, we can also talk about Chamber Century a little bit further in that it showed up as a two-two on camera this weekend <laughs> at, yep, at, at GP, uh, GP Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, yeah, and Reed was doing commentary and said it's the most important card on the board right now, and I was like, yay. <laughs> Because what, what it was, it was, it, it was sitting at two. So they just the player just played it out for two mana, and an opponent had a healer's hawk on their side of the board. So it was literally just, quote-unquote, worse walking ballista mode at that point, which is, to be fair, a good mode. Yeah, we're, turning out turns out worse than walking ballista is a very vast gulf but it's, between unplayable and amazing. Yeah, but it's still playable and decent. And it still exactly. does great with Mentor. So, yep. That I was just true. happy that all of a sudden it started popping out because I'm like, where's the card? I haven't seen it in deck lists yet. I haven't seen people screenshot it. Now it's like, oh, okay, there it is. We're good. There it is. We're good. Is. We good. There's also a tweet earlier that I retweeted from the podcast account for, of Saffron Olive saying that he removed five counters from a con- from a uh, chamber sentry to kill a liar. I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, this weekend was the release weekend for Guilds of Ravnica, and one of our local game stores uh, almost always runs sealed PPTQs, and they decided, let's just put it the first weekend of release. So I mean, sure. Just like how our first release re- or release weekend, release weekend GPs, excuse me, are tend to be limited, um, and so that people can kind of still have a little bit of room to wiggle in and try to explore the format. Uh, yeah. That's what happened here. And if you want uh, constructed, go to SCG. Exactly. It was a team event, though, so it was kind of weird, but yeah. regardless. Regardless. Um, so I opened up my seal pool. We had 18 people, so we were doing five rounds with a cut to top eight. Uh, and my rares is, well, I had seven rares. 
Uh, I played all but one of them in my main deck. And the one I didn't play was the one I really wanted to play, which was Venerated Loxodon, Ooh. which was foil. Ooh. Um, but what I did end up playing was I played a, gr- a five-color deck that was base green-black, splashing for white for Conclave Tribunal, blue for Etrata, and red and blue for Expansion Explosion. Huh. Um, my, I had eight gates. I had three Golgari Guildgates. I had one Demir Guildgate. I had two Izzet Guildgates, and I had two Gateway Plaza. I had... The rest of my basics were one planes that I could get off of Flower Flourish, uh, one or then a bunch of swamps and forests, and I had Circuitous Root so that I could find my gates, which by the way, Circuitous Root can find Gateway Plaza, and you still have to pay the one for it, which is so it's not great on turn four in that regard, but it can fix all my mana. And then, like I said, I was base green-black with only a few splash cards, so I was playing uh, two copies of Portcullis Vines, two copies of Hired Poisoner. I was playing a Grappling Sundew. I was playing a Crawl Harpooner. Um, the big bombs I had in my deck were, like I said, the aforementioned Atrada, um, and I had a Ritual of Soot, which was really good. Uh, the two black black destroy all creatures with CMC three or less. Um, Especially if you had some of those other, like if you're in that kind of green-ish based with some of the beefers that exist. Yep. Uh, I also had Charnel Troll as a card that could would eventually win the game, although I don't think it ever attacked. Um, for better or for worse. Lightning rod for removal, basically. Uh, it got hit with the Luminous Bonds more than once. Yeah, that'll do uh, it. <laughs> that will do. Um, and then I think it was like, I had, I can't remember if I had a Siege Worm or something. I had something else on the top end, uh, aside from like Expansion Explosion to Trot and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but the real spice in my deck that I played, that a lot of people would will look at me funny for, was I played Mausoleum Secrets. Okay. Which is the one of the black instant undergrowth. Search your library for a black card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of creatures in your graveyard. Reveal it, put it into your hand. Well, considering the fact that I had two Portcullis Vines, two Hired Poisoners, and a bunch of other creatures, and I had some real nice silver bullets like Ritual of Soot to, you know, wipe the board, or Atrada, where it's like, hit you with Atrada, she shuffles in, Mausoleum Secrets her for the second time, play her again, hit you again, you know... Okay, so I you, had, you had ways to kind of utilize the loop. Exactly. Now, I didn't have a ton of removal, um, so a lot. Of, I was basing a lot of my removal on my creatures, specifically the Hired Poisoners, as well as some of my other creatures just being big, like Crawl Harpooner. Um, and so being able to have that kind of, that ability to go get whatever I needed, whether it was a creature or whether it was a Atrata or whatever, or what have you. Oh, sorry. One of my other ways I was playing was Beast Whisperer. Okay, yeah, uh, that card I've I've faced off against a couple of decks with that, and like when I say with that, somehow they had multiples, and I'm like, how the card is yeah. like I killed one, like I don't want them drawing cards, kill it, yeah, and then the next so, one they tap play another one, I'm like, hmm, yeah, I just so killed I'll, you. Yeah, I did actually so like check, I, I did check their graveyard, I'm like, oh yeah, it's still there, okay, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but like I said, I was playing uh, white for Conclave Tribunal, uh, so I had a little bit of removal. Anyways, the tournament starts with me going 0-2. Uh, I lose to a really good uh, green-white splashing black deck uh, for Underworld, Underrealm Lich, uh, which was a card that, that card I had to get rid so of. card is so good, though. card is very, very good. Um, I then uh, lost to a very, 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 very aggressive Boros deck, where they beat me in game two due to decking because I cause Beast Whisperer is not a May. Oh. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I almost won game two, though, thanks to my Gatekeeper Gargoyle, which is the six mana 3-3 three, three flyer. Yeah. It's an artifact creature that comes into play with a counter for each gate you control. Yes. It came in as an 11-11. What so the So that was nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had I had all my gates in play. I had them all in play. That so is, that was nice. That's gross, and I love it. I, I, I got to attack with and make an Aurelia Chump Block. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that was the turn that I had zero cards in my library, and I was going to lose. So I just said... Screw it. I'm going to cast my Molder Hulk and die to my own, on my own accord. I'm not going to let you get the satisfaction. It's like, um, I'm going to do it my way. Exactly. Oops, failed to draw. Um, <laughs> then I started, then I went 2-0 in the last two, in the next two rounds. Beat a Grixis uh, controlish style deck. Um, thanks to just being able to really grind them out um, and get got some wins that way. 
Then I played against a friend of the podcast, Vinny, in round four. We were both one and two, so we both needed a win to try and have a hope to make top eight. And I ended up winning because he was playing a a Boros Sealed Pools, and he was able to splash blue in sideboarded games for Sonic Assault, which turns out is very good when you're aggressive, and because tapping a creature and dealing two to the opponent is very relevant when you're able to really apply the pressure. Um, and then in round five, I played up against uh, another friend of mine locally, Dustin, who he was playing a base white deck splashing green and white uh, for various uh, for various other effects. Uh, like he was playing Integrity Intervention and a bunch of other things. And in both game one and game two, I had outs where if I drew Ritual of Soot, I could wipe the board and try to stabilize. In game one, it wasn't even close to being close. But in game two, I had five lands in play, and I had no lands in hand, but I had Mausoleum Secrets, and I had three creatures on board, one of which was under a um, under a Luminous Bonds. Okay. He attacked with all his creatures. I traded my Hired Poisoner for a Lead of Guardian, because it has four as CMC4. Chump blocked a Sunhome Stalwart, and I got knocked down to two because of uh, Bla- uh, Blade Mentor, and I forget what other card he had, but I think he played it post-combat. And so I had four creature cards in my graveyard, so I needed to either draw Ritual of Soot or a basic land. Because if I drew a basic land, I could Mausoleum Secrets for Ritual of Soot, play it, and then say go, and then my opponent's board is clear, my board is clear, and he has one card in hand, and I think I, w- I could win the game from there. It was going to be close, but I could. You were just looking for the grind out win. Exactly. Like, and hey, instead, let's reset everything, but you didn't. You drew instead, I drew uh, Gateway Plaza. Worse <laughs> than a guild gate. <laughs> oh, man. So it um, taxes you double, yeah. Yeah, so I showed him. I did show him that I had a route to victory, and he's like, I think if you rat there, I, don't win. I can't win from there. And I'm like, probably. Because I also had brought in Crawl Foragers for my sideboard. The four to green, uh, four four insect shaman. I want to say, yeah, uh, with undergrowth. Whenever it enters the battlefield, you gain a life for each creature card in your graveyard. So I would have gone from two to six. Honestly, I just dig that in any kind of life gain. If you have any kind of life yeah. gain sub theme, like I had that in a what was it sealed pool that had dawn of hope. And whew, yeah. let me tell you oh, what, yeah. <laughs> feels good. Oh yes, it does. Um, having played with with dawn of hope as well, I yes, that card is so good. Uh, so I missed out on top eight, uh, lost my winning in around five, which was which was okay. Um, the draft ended up getting won by an aggressive Boros deck playing both Legion War Boss and Experimental Frenzy. Um, uh, one of my friends, Devin, was in the top eight as well as Dustin. Dustin had drafted a Sultai deck that just was not. It was a sweet deck, not necessarily a good one. Or he got, I think, he got mana screwed or mana flooded a couple times in this in the quarterfinals. Then my friend Devin, he won his first round match. And then lost to the eventual champion in the semis. He was playing a blue-black disinformation campaign deck. Oh, that card is um, so gross if you get it going. Oh, I've I've only drafted it once on Arena, and I play I lost one game or I lost two games with it because it was very, very slow and really bad. But the one game I managed to play it on turn three, it was not close to being close. Yeah, I, I had an opponent I, I talked about when we talked about the pre-release who just Stuck it on turn three, bounced it on turn four, played it and bounced it on turn five, played it and bounced it on turn six, played it and bounced it on turn seven. I was like, "Good lord!" Uh, I was able to do that on turn four because I was my that draft kind of went sideways because I was playing four Barrier of Bones. Eee. I think I had a turn where I played it twice in the same turn. Dece. Yeah. Um, like I like that one. The the blue two two. Uh, with Defender. Oh, the Thoughtful Sentry or Thoughtbound Sentry? Yeah, the one where basically you get a count every time you surveil, and then yeah. when it gets three counters on it, basically when it becomes a 5-5, five, five, you can attack with it. I'm like, yes. in in any kind of stall the game to surveil like crazy deck, that yeah. is the card you want. Now, I will say that I wanted to try and play um, Green-White. Or no, I wanted to try to play Boros, because Boros in Sealed is can be very good but it's really relying on your creature base and my creatures were not there like my only red creature was like book devourer Ooh, yeah yeah, no. so, yeah sometimes you just get those pull where you just look at him like nope that color is literally unplayable yeah in hindsight i probably shouldn't have splashed for expansion explosion uh i did have the as a gilgate so i could have splashed for um 
I had a lava coil in my pool that I could have splashed for. Which one's lava uh, coil? That's the f- deals four damage. It's one in a red. Deal four. Exile it. Yes. To target creature, which is a very good card. No, it is. Uh, like I had it in a pool. Where I was like, maybe I can touch on red to get this in there, but yeah. nah, it wasn't but like worth. My, my pool also had a true fire captain and double sky knight legionnaire, so there was a real pool to try to be Boris that way. But my guild gates didn't work out that way, and my and my cards didn't work out that way. The only other deck I could have played was like a green white focus deck. Uh, but I just felt like the green black deck was better in this instance, which bring so which brings me kind of to the next discussion point, which is uh, which is an article that was published not too long ago on the fifth of October here on Cardsphere.com. It's not easy being a green. Uh, published or written by Ethan Sachs, aka Lord Tupperware, who uh, is a co-host of the Magic Podcast, Lords of Limited, a really good one. Uh, a really good podcast and a really great article as well, kind of talking about why the green cards in Guilds of Ravnica are underwhelming and why the green guilds aren't that great. And I completely recommend reading it on your own, uh, but it basically boils down to the fact that green is known for two things, having the bigger creatures and ramping. It's got the meats. It's Yeah, it's got the meat. You know, it's steak, it's what's for dinner. Um Except for the fact that in recent sets, green has not had the beef. And in Guilds of Ravnica, there are exactly zero ways to ramp your mana. Or they just, and when they do give you the, the beefers, it's a colossal Dreadmaw. Yeah, well, I mean, Dreadmaw's <laughs> not even in the set. No, I know. I'm just, no, I'm just saying it's yeah. it's like, it's the example he uses. One of the examples yes. he uses, it's like, hey, look, big, big giant green dude that just hit your face. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, like, if you look at the rest of the cards, like, you look at Siege Worm which is kind of the biggest beefer at common for green, and it doesn't look great next to Dowser of Lights in black, which is a 5-mana four, 4-5 four, vanilla. Yeah, you're paying, Sphinx. you're paying what for this? Uh, you're paying 7. 7, so with five, convoke. 5 green green with Convoke for a 5-5 five, five Trampler. With Convoke, so you yeah. can get it out earlier. And then Dowser of Lights and City Watch Sphinx, which City Watch Sphinx isn't uncommon. It's a 6-mana 5-4 flyer that does something when it dies. And then uh, the green removal is fu- is Prey Upon, which is cheap. It's nice, but the fight spells that have been really, really good have been things like Rabid Bite or Savage Punch or Epic Confrontation. Single side, single a, a punch card, not a fight card. Exactly, where something gets buffed. And another fight card that we have in the format, which is, in my opinion, a pretty good one, is um, Underworld or Underrealm Uprising. The uh, two black green sorcery where creatures you control have death touch, then your creature fights their creature. Um, so you guarantee at le- at worst a trade, if not better. So, and you can have your, for example, I had a Hitchclaw Recluse fight a three power creature, and it, it felt real. Oh, that felt real good. Yeah. Um, and so it's just one of those things where it's a little awkward. Prey upon is pretty awkward, where everything is kind of square stats. Or if you're trying to beat Boros, which is kind of the the fun police of the format, a lot of their things are high power, low toughness, like Blade Mentor. The three mana three one with mentor. Yeah, so your your odds are you're probably gonna just trade them off. Yeah, which you're you're technically two for one in yourself. Yeah, which is not a great feeling, but sometimes it, it, it's what has to happen. And then the other thing is that the common uh, pump spell is Pax Favor, which is two and a green instant for plus three plus three with convoke. Um, and I agree, Pax Favor is not the giant growth you're looking for, but it may be the giant growth you need. No, it's it's also something like in the format too. When you're playing a green player, even if they're tapped out of mana and they have untapped creatures, be aware that it could be a Pax favor as long as they have three open creatures. Yeah, Pax favor is one of the biggest blowouts, definitely, when it comes to this limited format. I got got once by that at the pre-release, and I'm like, oh right, yeah. forgot about that. Like if it had been, and John and I were talking about this before we started uh, recording. Is a Pax Favor with one in a green? Like, I'd consider that in some older formats. Like, I would honestly have tested that in Infect. Because sometimes you stick, you know, you can stick your Glistener Elf down and it all you're going to do is just run it into a creature. But it might just sit back. But if you just be like, okay, cool. I can stick that down, you know, yeah. have a, a Blighted Agent or two out and help pay for it. Granted, it's it's not up to par as the other infect pumps. I would just test it and see how it worked, but probably wouldn't work yeah. amazingly well. But I would consider it at one in a green. At two in a green, yeah. no, not at all. And then and then the rest of the article talks about how specifically convoke and undergrowth are or as here's an exact quote actually. 
The it's that the meager offerings in green are compounded by the fact that its two guild mechanics, Convoke and Undergrowth, seem to be the least supported in the set. Um, and he goes on to mention about how in previous sets where we've had Convoke, there have been other cards where a lot of the powers come from it. And two formats that Ian and I have both played a decent amount of, M15 and both and Modern Masters 2015, had triplicate spirits and scattered the seeds, respectively. And how good were those cards? Uh, Scatter the Seeds was almost a pick, pack one, pick one over a lot of cards. Yeah. And like, you could just go wide. In the, yeah, the go wide decks in those formats were just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Scatter the Seeds is two green green for an instant with Convoke, where you make three 1-1 one, one Sapperlings. Uh, Triplicate Spirits is four white white for a Sorcery, where you make three 1-1 one, one Spirits with Flying. Both of them have Convoke, um, which is where the real power of these cards reside. And then for Golgari, he mentions how there's basically no ways of self-milling, and there's Glowspore Shaman at Uncommon, which doesn't do a whole lot otherwise. And it's a 3-1, which, you know, dies and goes to the graveyard, which is fine. Um, now, he does go on to talk about a little bit of where green does shine, is because green is the best, car- best color to give you access to the, uh, for lack of a better word, the Guild Summit decks, where District Guide, Urban Utopia, Circuitous Route, and so on. Oh, yeah, if, you're trying to, um, if you're trying to draft those really weird gate-based decks and yeah green is where you want to be if, if you can get that early um if you can stem the early aggression it's really where you want to be oh yeah and that's another thing too is urban urban utopia is like you know you put it on it's one of those uh land and enchantment auras that doesn't ramp you it literally yeah. just fixes and it's two mana draws it replaces itself it's like yeah okay but well i mean okay so the big question here is would you rather urban utopia in this set or would you rather like a Verdant Haven or a um, Gift of Paradise? And Gift of Paradise which, is just the fixing, but which is no, Gift of Paradise is two and a green. You gain three life, and the land taps for two mana of any one color. Oh, I would love that straight up. Yeah, because what's it called? We um, we just mentioned uh, Dawn of Hope. There's a lot of decent life gain yeah. stuff that you can. Well, let, well, let's take away the life gain one. Then let's talk about. Um, uh, New New Horizons from Ixalan. Two and a green. When it comes to the play, put a plus one counter on one of your creatures. The land taps for two mana of any one color. Yeah, that's fine. Would you, would, yeah. would you prefer this to Urban Utopia? Yeah, because like, you can just stick it on. If if you happen to be in green-white, you just stick that on a healer's hawk and go to town. Okay. So that kind of is the 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 framework with which I want to kind of talk about Guilds of Ravnica Limited from uh, the perspective of someone who, A, just played it in Sealed, and I understand Sealed is not draft. Sealed, you play what you're given. And I will say this right now, that I feel that my deck could have gone 5-0 in the Swiss. There are a few times where I misplayed, there are a few times where I got a little bit unlucky, and I could have made the top 8 with this deck at 3-2, where I was base green, green green-black, with undergrowth payoffs. Um, Where now in draft, that's a different, an entirely different kind of framework because in draft you are trying to see what's open when you're actually drafting and again uh it's mentioned here in the article uh by ethan that you know if you're the only green drafter the only celestine or Golgari drafter at your table you're going to get hooked up you're going to get the goods you're going to get all the conclave cavaliers that you could hope for you're going to get all the Golgari fine brokers that you could wish for and you'll be able to go to town on people and another thing is too it's it's kind of with with draft pods as you can see you know you might see something going around the table be like okay i'm not in this color at all but i need to be aware of that in sealed you have no idea what your opponent's got too so you can at least have a little bit more situational awareness even your opponent starts out on boros colors and be like oh well i saw that red rare going around okay got to remember about that one exactly and so basically a lot of people have been discussing this and agreeing with the article uh i i had to refine the article thanks to the limited resources uh subreddit and a lot of people are kind of talking about how, hey, yeah, you know, green's not really good. It's not doesn't have a lot of its strengths. Other colors are taking a bite of its color pie and so on. And so basically people are being like, why would I play green when I could play blue, which has the same big, big creatures and has flying? Or why could I play, why not play red, has its big creatures, have haste, stuff like that. And so the big thing that I want to first touch on is Convoke, because Convoke is one of those popular mechanics that Wizards has made. It is a cost reduction mechanic that's not that broken. Like improvise, it was close. Affinity was broken. There's a lot of those mechanics where, hey, you can reduce the cost of actual mana by paying this other resource for, 
and Kavok is just one of the best ones. Where you look, whether you look at Court of Calling, what it's done in Modern, what it did in Standard when it was reprinted in, in 15, and whether you look at uh, just the whole scope of the of the mechanic. They they, they, back... they fixed uh, Affinity by with Improvise. They made it yeah. Convoke with Artifacts, which I think was great. I agree. Like, the fact that they knew what worked with, you know, Convoke is, hey, you get bigger stuff, potentially, you know, we're going to up the cost of it a little bit, but you can potentially get it for cheaper tapping your lands because you also have to tap some other stuff. So you have a disadvantage a little bit, but where Infinity, you're just like, oh, I have that on the battlefield. Okay, cool. Cheaper. No, it's like, okay, I have these on the battlefield. All right, I need to tap them. Which means you have to, might have to tap out a, like an artifact blocker or like a servo or something like that to help you get it out there, as opposed to oh, there's a servo on the battlefield. Sweet, it's a mox. Yeah. So the big thing that I want to talk about is the fact that yes, there aren't that many good token producers in the set, but there's no triplicate spirits in the set, and there's no scatter the seeds in the set. And as you, Ian, men- just mentioned, scatter the seeds was a pack one pick one. Like legitimately, that's a common too. Like yeah, in this set, honestly, it could have probably been an uncommon and been really good. Yeah, and the triplicate spirits was a common in its format as well, and it was even more annoying because it made flyers. It was so annoying. And while scatter the seeds and triplicate spirits kind of, well, I would say, serve as the baseline for what a convoke token maker can do, you don't want those at common because then all the format will become is instead of us talking about how green is really bad, we're gonna talk about how green is too good. Where, you know, my opponent went turn one Healer's Hawk, turn two Amara, turn three land, they said go, and then they go scatter the seeds. Make a make a one one soldier with lifelink, make two sapperlings, untap, play another land, say go again, scatter the seeds twice, and then they went, you know, something big and killed me. You know, no one likes those stories. And that happened to me at GP Las Vegas when it was the M fifteen limited, or the Modern Masters twenty fifteen limited, where my opponent was playing a green white deck, splashing red for Banefire. And they were going like scatter the seeds, scatter the seeds, play a big thing, overwhelming stampede, kill you. Yeah, it, like the mass pump spells too are not amazing outside. But like, like, even but you need like yeah. the rare. You need uh, the the plus three plus three one to three things. Well, there's even uh, might of the flourish. masses or whatever it is. Uh, that's uh, bounty. Well, might of the well, might of the masses. Oh, that's the really that's good, the one mana, which is why I got uncommon. Go wide. They bumped it from common to uncommon. Yeah, that's the one uh, mana gets plus one plus one for each creature you control. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but Flourish is a really good payoff for a go wide deck, but the go wide deck isn't really there. Yeah, and it's six mana too for that plus yeah. two plus two. We've seen stuff like that where you get like plus two plus two and vigilance for like oh yeah like overcome and our devastation was two green 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 plus two plus two and trample. Yeah, and the reason why like Flourish is kind of the way it is is because it has the modal ability of flower. Yes. So the, but I'm not complaining that it costs more. No, no, but I'm saying like I'm saying if it had stood on its own and wasn't a part of the split card, it, you might have seen it at one, maybe you might have seen a one mana cheaper for that effect. Maybe, yeah. So again, you look kind of at like the old sets that we've had convoke in, especially the most recent ones with Modern Masters 2015 and Magic and Magic Corset 2015, and it kind of makes sense why there's not a huge go wide strategy with the convoke cards. Uh, sure, there are cards that will help you out, like Healer's Hawk and Portcullis Vine, uh, where they're one mana and they can act as a Convoke payoff. But no other deck is going to... But those aren't the cards that you want to take to go into the Selesnya deck. Whereas Scatter the Seeds or Triplicate Spirits, if they were in Grails of Ravnica, will be slam pick one, pack one, pick ones, even if they were uncommon. Because just being able to do that and jumpstart the rest of your Convoke cards is ridiculous. Because, again, you can play Scatter the Seeds on turn three... And then you could see it from on turn four. Yeah. It's, and then I think another thing you got to think about too is with some of these go wide things is you could absolutely start slamming that. Uh, I'm just the, ter- I'm just the worst with names right now. The seven green, green, seven, five hex proof convoke. Oh, Arboretum element. Yeah. yeah. Like in a go wide strategy, like you could literally dump that and another large creature if you've gotten to like turn six. Exactly. Yeah. And so. I think that is really limiting the power of Convoke, and honestly, and this is going to maybe a little bit um, uh, what's the, controversial, but I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having these powerful Convoke token makers because they really push the format in a way that I think – the limited format in a way that I think would be unhealthy. Yeah, and you were kind of mentioning synergies too. 
with some of the support for the mechanics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at the ones for blue, they all support each other. Like, well, like if you look at surveil, the other surveil can dump stuff in the yard for jumpstart, and it can also dump stuff in the yard for undergrowth. So it can kind of like hit multiple things. Whereas convoke, okay. I mean, for undergrowth, you're going to want to play creatures anyways, and so your creatures will help you pay for your convoke cards. And then if you look at mentor, well, mentor wants creatures, so you play creatures, and then occasionally you'll tap them to play bigger creatures. Um, and that's where I think a card like Venerate Loxodon, which it should be. With its stats, it needed to be a rare. But they could have also made it, like, five white, white, white as an uncommon 4-4 that did that same thing. And honestly, I don't know if that would be better or worse. Mm, I think it's perfect where it's at. Five mana 4-4. Four, four I agree. Does, yeah, no, it's that, like, Venerated Loxodon is a really well-designed magic card. Indeed. Like, I have no complaint, complaints there. So that's, one that you, and, that's one that makes you want to use Convoke. Yes. Like, and it, I, it I makes feel, you have a weird line where you don't want to put, pay your mana for it. You want to be tapping your creatures for it. Yeah, it's almost like, okay, do I really want, like, if you want to go in the Convoke strategy, you, there's the payoffs for, like, okay, I just get this beefer. Like, you can get a Rosemane Centaur out maybe a turn or two cheaper. Okay. Yeah. It's a 4 4 Vigilant. Cool. But Venerated Loxodon making you really, really want to Convoke because it gives everything that is Convoked it, you know, that counter. That's great because that's like it's forcing you to be like you should play this mechanic as it's on the card. Whereas the other ones like yeah, I've got this mechanic. You can like uh, what's it called? March of the multitudes. Like yeah, that absolutely is a massive. It's it's a it's a mythic for a reason because yes, <laughs> I've played that in a deck and it is bananas. If you have any kind of extra tokens out there, it's true because that is one again where you want to use your creatures to tap it rather than just your mana. Whereas like Rosemary Centaur, you might be like, okay, cool. Maybe tap one no, of my creatures and to get a four, four vigilant yeah. out. Whereas, yeah. yeah, it just doesn't synergize as well as some of the, you know, uh, it doesn't yeah. force you to be like, I want to play that. Yeah. Now I will say that thank God March of the multitudes is a mythic and Venerate Loxodon is rare. And I think that, Rosemary Centaur is also really good because it has Vigilance, which means that it can attack and then Convoke some of your other spells. Oh, hey, John. Which is the big tension between Convoke. Judge. Yeah. Can, yes. You can't overpay for Venerated Loxodon, correct? No, you cannot. Okay. Unless there's an effect, unless there's like a Sphere of Resistance effect, you can't overpay. Correct. Yeah. Somebody tried to be like, well, I'm just going to tap all of this to pay like six mana for the Loxodon. I was like, no. no it's a five mana car. Yeah. Nice try. That's... It's not like the KCI loops, where which actually can do that, and that's weird. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, no, but no. We've, we've talked about those loops. <laughs> those, uh, those those fruity loops. Yeah. Because so, they're crazy. Yeah, like, they crazy. But yeah, Rosemary Centaur, I think, is in a perfect spot for the Celestia deck, because having Vigilance for Convoke is actually really good, and that's kind of where Convoke and Mentor kind of have a little bit of a tension, where Mentor wants you to attack, but Convoke wants you to tap your creature for something else, and it kind of creates a tension that's kind of weird. Yeah, like, if... Yeah, having those two mechanics together in a deck, you're just like, mm, okay. Which is why Swiftblade Vindicator is insane. That's the uh, Vigilant one, right? Red, white, one, one, double strike, trample, Vigilance, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so to move from Convoke, which we've, we've had previous experience before, so it's very easy to kind of see why they didn't put a Scatter the Seeds or a Triplicate Spirits into Guilds of Ravnica. It's like, a, hey, we had this already, but we didn't we bring it back. how that played, and people people complained about Triplicate Spirits. They said, this card's too good. Dude, Trip Spirits... This card's way you, too You good. open Trip Spirits, you just, like, go into white and pray to God that somebody else didn't open a Trip Spirits, because they would also be jamming white. Exactly. Now, when we go to Undergrowth, we've seen Graveyard Matters mechanics before, and with Undergrowth, it only check... They always only check once which is nice. Uh, they only check when you cast the Instant Sorcery or when the creature enters the battlefield or when the creature does something. That's fine. But the big thing to note with Limited when you look at Kills of Ravnica is that there's no self-mill cards. There's no cards that easily put cards from your library into your graveyard. The best one is Glowspore Shaman, which is the black-green 3-1 that when enters the battlefield, you take the top three cards of your library, put them in your graveyard, and then you may put a land on top. But... Three is not that much, and this is an uncommon. There's no way to turbo undergrowth. Now, that said, uh, there was a tweet 
uh, tweet thread by Andrew Brown at Merklerker, who's a R&D designer who worked on Guilds of Ravnica, former pro player. Everyone kind of loves him. And he mentioned how they didn't want the Golgari mechanic to be the same thing as it's been every single time. Because with Dredge and with Scavenge, there was value in self-milling, and there were very powerful self-mill cards in both of those formats. In Ravnica City of Guilds, it was the literal mechanic Dredge, whereas in um, in Return to Ravnica, we had things like Grizzly Salvage, which I believe was an uncommon. I don't think that one was a common. That would have been a really good common. Um, alongside In standard, along things, things like Mulch, where milling your creatures so that you could then scavenge them onto your other creatures is pretty good. So instead of having it play like that, instead they put a lot of creatures that like to die. Like Hired Poisoner and the aforementioned Portcullis Vine. Because you can pay it, play it for a green, it's an 0-3 wall, and you can pay two and tap it and sacrifice a wall to draw a card. Boy, that card and just keeps showing on up here, doesn't it? It's really good. Um, and to Ethan's credit, he mentions it in his article about how Portcullis Vine is a solid role player in either guild for the reasons that we just mentioned. Um... And so, alongside Higher Poisoner, if you look at, there's the green-black uncommon Okrant Assassin, which is a one-black, one-green-black, one-one, with death, t- death Touch and the Lure ability, which says all other creatures, all creatures must block this creature if able. Um, so, it about something can that, either just... Let me tell you about a card that wears, uh, that packs favor pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Kill your entire board. Um, and so, but you'll look at the rest of the cards from, that have Undergrowth. And you look at the cards in green-black, where you look at, again, Portcullis Vine is one. Hired Poison is another. Look at Crawl Harpooner. Again, one of the green, 3-2 reach. When it enters the battlefield, it gets plus X, plus O, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard, and it fights an opposing flyer. There's not that many flyers in the format that Crawl Harpooner just eats. There's, like, Healer's Hawk with no, with no buffs on it, or something like that. I mean, when, but, yeah, but, when they stick that turn one Healer's Hawk, and you're just, and you're just like, yeah, turn two, Crawl Harpooner get beat <laughs> i mean that feels amazing get eight but then there's all but like parhelion patrol out of boros the three and a white two three flyer with vigilance and reach and with vigilance and mentor uh or if you look at like city watch sphinx or any of the other big dumb flyers it's going to kill almost all of them and then go to your graveyard to feel your other undergrowth enablers and then there's also a few and then there's a zoni which sacrifices creatures to feel your future undergrowth cards Did you mentioned playcrafter yet uh, I haven't mentioned Playcrafter, but Playcrafter, Playcrafter also works in that same vein, although Pulling that Playcrafter Fleshbag is kind Marauder, of, Merciless Executioner kind of... Yeah. Although Playcrafter is kind of generically powerful, and so I kind of wanted to... I was trying to focus on the cards that weren't generically powerful. I don't powerful, know, yeah, but, I get that, but yeah, Playcrafter, you know, it's just a card that each player has to sacrifice, so okay, you have a 1-1 that doesn't do anything anymore on the board. Get out of here. Go to the yard. Exactly. And so... Like that, uh, like, that rat. Oh yeah, Burglar Rat, yeah. perfect card. Yeah, you Burglar Rat's also great. Code burglar Rat into Playcrafter. Oof. Yeah, like in my in my final game of round five, my four creatures in my graveyard were Portcullis Vine, Hired Assassin, Hired Assassin, Burglar Rat. Yeah, it seems. And that's how it let me cast my Mausoleum Secrets to to hopefully go find my ritual set had I found an untapped land. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where the traditional payoffs for Convoke and Undergrowth, or the event, the the traditional enablers, aren't there. So the enablers that you have to look at don't look as good. And now I'm not going to necessarily say that, you know, green is better than it is in Guilds of Ravnica Limited, especially draft, because looking at it, there's not as much synergy there. Whereas if you look at a good jumpstart deck or a good Izzet deck versus a good Demir deck versus a good, you know, uh, Boros deck, those d- will look differently and they'll showcase their mechanics better. Yeah, you have, you have to kind of dig a little deeper. Exactly. So I feel that green is getting a bad rap, and while it may be underpowered, I think that people need to kind of look at the design that R&D put into green when we look at Convoke and we look at Undergrowth as well, and look and be like, okay, they didn't go for this same style of st- of stuff. Now, Undergrowth is in black, so it has access to Surveil, which is very good at filling your yard, so your Undergrowth cards can do more. Convoke is in the same color as Mentor, so... If you had these common token makers, then your mentor creatures can mentor on to them and make them even better. And But we have to look at it kind of as a cohesive... Now, we have to kind of look at that as kind of the framework for which they were designing onto these mechanics. And not basically be like, oh, you know, Convoke wasn't 
convokes not convoke because it doesn't have triplicate spirits or green black or you know undergrowth is bad because it, you know there's no ways for me to self mill i think it, it's just looking at it in a different context than we're used to and sometimes that's good because we don't want to play the same limited formats over and over and over again otherwise we could just reprint innistrad from time for time immemorial or dominaria for time immemorial and we can draft the same draft formats over and over and over again so the fact that convoke doesn't have the cards that made us annoyed previously is good and then the fact that un- that we don't have amazing self mill cards in green black means that undergrowth can shine in a different way than we're used to graveyard mechanics shining. Yeah, there's no like that makes Tygom scheming kind of thing that is like, <laughs> let me dump all this in the yard. Like imagine if Seder Wayfinder got reprinted or a functional reprint of Seder Wayfinder was printed. Oh my god. That would be nuts. It's a two drop. It's a two drop. It's a one one. It's great with Convoke. It's great to have men- to be mentored onto. And it's great for chump blocking and great for filling your yard. Like just look at I just look at how good it was when we had uh what's it called? Crakey. I'm not even talking about in standard because like it was printed in um, Born of the Gods. I want to say it wasn't even printed in Theros. Yeah, I know. Um, and that format was, and that limited format was, you know, suspect anyways. But you know, it's a card that would change probably the entire perception, especially because that card's a common. That they're not going to up that uptick that to uncommon or God forbid rare. Well, I mean, it was also an M15. I was saying it was th- weird there with uh, yeah. shadows over Innistrad with uh, can't think of the mechanic now. Uh, delirium. delirium, yeah, it like fueled delirium like no other. Granted, it wasn't yeah. limited, but yeah, it's that kind it's, of thing where it's like if paired properly, that kind of card's gross. Like a, a Seder Wayfinder or a functional reprint thereof, and in, in Guilds of Ravnica would potentially make green a lot better. I would say it'd have to almost but, be an uncommon. Yeah, but at the same time, like I don't think that card's uncommon worthy. Like it's a two mana one one. Yeah, it's it's one that, of those like it would get upshifted solely for the purpose of. This card might and be that would, too overpowered as a, or you might see it too often as a common, and that would be bad in my opinion. Yeah, which is again why we didn't see triplicate spirits. I mean, we probably would have seen an uncommon triplicate spirits or uncommon scatter the seeds had we gotten yeah. it in this set. Yeah, this is basically me kind of putting on my my like you know game design magic design hat and figuring out. Listen, like why don't why don't we have the powerful convoke cards well yeah that's, that's your jam like, the last your time. jam is designing that kind of stuff me i'm just like yeah hey, is, is it fun like <laughs> i mean it is fun and guilds of ravnica is sweet and it's a lot of fun i don't think it's better than dominaria i don't think it's better than my personal favorite draft format kaladesh i don't i definitely don't think it's better than innistrad um like og innistrad og innistrad okay, i've never, I I've, never Shadows, dra- I've never drafted og innistrad so i can't i've drafted og innistrad like six times uh twice in paper a couple times on magic online yeah, i have it's a fun i format. have no opinions on it i mean I did. I did pull off spider spawning once. Oh, you're gross, and I love it. Uh, yeah, I had, I had, I had everything I ever wanted. It was great. Um, but like trying to look at the set as a holistic whole and then learn from the past is kind of the big thing. Yeah, of course. For why Convoke doesn't look, look the way it does, and why Undergrowth didn't get the payoffs we expected. And, pl- and plus, it unfortunately every set there's that one color that just is a little bit nerfed and a little bit neutered compared to the other colors where it's like maybe if it had one or two other cards it might be playable but it didn't have them so there's no payoff necessarily or the setup cards aren't there correctly it's just like the setup isn't really there but also there's no payoff that really wants to push you that direction either it, it's kind of like a weird awkward state where you, you have a I'm little like bit making... mediocre of both and it just doesn't quite mesh as well as the synergies of surveil for instance and and to kind of go to kind of uh, take jabs at another content creator who I have infinite respect for before I say this, uh, Aaron Campbell is quoted in saying on Magic Mites that Undergrowth is trash uh, and how the only two cards that really excited her about Undergrowth were Lotlith Giant, which can literally kill your opponent, which is why which is why it costs seven mana, um, or uh, Molder Hulk, which its Undergrowth ability is it costs one less. They're not going to print broken Undergrowth stuff because... A, they have play design now and ho- who can hopefully catch the real broken stuff. Oh, yeah. But also, you know, there's a lot of knobs that you can, tu- you can tune on undergrowth cards. And there's definitely something you can make that are busted. For example, here's a good – here's a card. Green, black, instant – or eh, green, black, sorcery. Uh, l- reveal the top X cards of your library. X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. You may choose a creature or land from among them. Put them into your hand. Put the rest into your graveyard. That card would be broken. It either does nothing or it does everything. So it gets you your best creature, or it just dumps a bunch of stuff into your yard that... Or a land. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. It, it's Grizzlies. It's Grizzly Salvage, but it's it, instead of the top five, it's the top X where X is the number of creatures in your graveyard. That's not terrible. I like that card is either does nothing or it's broken. And there's a lot of mechanics that are like that, where like if you look at Storm, there's no way to make a balanced Storm card. As much as I love Storm, there's no way to make a balanced Storm card. You either get Ground Rift, which is red sorcery, target creature can't block this, to- this turn, Storm. Wing shards, one white white instant target target player sacrifices an attacking creature storm, or you get uh, I think it's temporal sundering, the four and a blue sorcery, which is an unsummon for permanence with storm, or you get tendrils of agony or grape shot, which are underwhelming cards on their own, but when you combine the fact that you can storm and generate mana with other cards suddenly become the engines in and of their own yeah and it's something you really have to balance otherwise like you said it can get out of hand really quickly yeah um and so i don't think undergrowth i think that undergrowth is the worst power level wise mechanic of golgari maybe a little better than scavenge but it's print it was made in such a way to it was the cards were made in such a way that they were fine on their own I'll just where I I'll just say it. this: the majority of the pros that I've seen draft deck wise, the comments on like Golgari decks are like a they're either not there or they just look like regular cards that don't even rely on undergrowth. Yeah. So like the good which the is, good which, green black decks are just good green black decks, and they use yeah, other, which other is mechanics. sad on one end because you ideally would love to have an undergrowth deck. You'd love to be able to have like. Oh man, my opponent played their Amara on turn two. I'm going to necrotic wound it because I milled three creatures on turn one. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's like once once uh, people realize, like in, in the pre-release, even everyone's just like, "Oh, I have the Golgari box, but I'm probably not going to play Golgari." In like the second or third pre-release of the day, like when they realize, like I'm probably just better off playing Demir and Splashing Green. Yeah, um, but it is what it is, um, and people's opinions are their own, and mine is my own, and. You're more than welcome to disagree with me, and if you do, hit the hit me up on Twitter at jwelly one two nine. So overall, and I where, will where, I will take so your rank? I will take your. You know, no, no, I was gonna say. So where do you rank these mechanics in terms of in terms of limited? Yeah. So surveil's the best. Yes. Because it's the most generically powerful. Of Strong them. agree. I would follow that up with mentor because Boros is pro- arguably the best guild in draft. And Mentor is very, very good in that deck. Men- uh, I, I, I like Mentor specifically because it messes with combat math in a way where it makes your opponent have to deal with it. Yes. Like, it's not, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's there, it exists, it's on, technically onboard combat tricks, and I'm using air quotes right now. It's quote unquote air, onboard yep. combat tricks, and you have to deal with it in a certain way. Or, it can run out of hand where you have that five two the hammer or whatever his name hammer dropper hammer dropper. I just know the stats and the the costs. I just and the <laughs> art. I don't look at the names. The hammer dropper guy. He can get out of hand really quickly, especially if your opponent has a four like a four power creature. Like even if they're just like okay, I'm just going to sacrifice this to make that four for a five five. Even in one turn, it's like okay, fine. It's a permanent five five now that probably has better advantages. Yeah. Like that's it can uh, get really really gross, especially if a, if you have a rock charger and you have the hammer hand guy. Ugh. Ooh, yeah. There's Ooh. a reason why rock charger is uncommon. People. Yeah, rock charger. Speaking of though, great card. Great. Card. Anyway, but yeah, uh, and I'm assuming third, I would put jumpstart. Yeah, then I would put convoke then undergrowth. I don't disagree with your list. I, I yeah. agree. Like I actually agree fully with your list and the reasonings why. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think that the best deck in the format is probably Boros. I feel like the second best deck is probably an is it spells deck, but that's heavily reliant on its uncommons like Crackling Drake. I would I would um, say if you can touch on black, there are some black that can really help that kind of deck. Yeah. Uh, I'm mainly saying that because Gravitic Punch or the Crackling Drake is spicy. Oh, is it just sack it and punch it in the face for like eight? It's, it's not fling. It's just I punch a player. That's what I'm saying. You punch it in your face. Yeah, and it has Jumpstart too, which is crazy. So it's like, okay, my Drake's a 5-5, five, five, I have 8 mana, deal 5 to you, deal 5 to you, hit you for 6. Also, remember kids, it doesn't hit creatures. No, it doesn't. Because there it, was a call on camera this weekend where someone tried to point it at a creature, and they're like, uh, that doesn't do that. Yeah, no, it's and the, but the worst, not But the that. worst part was is that it was like, the, the person who was trying to point it at like a creature, they only had like a bunch of like, 
one X and two X's for the majority of their deck. So it's almost like, oh, it doesn't quite do what you want it to do, but all right. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's for a finishing blow. Yeah, it's he had, he, a... like, the, the, the guy who had it, like, had it in hand, but his board was basically just a bunch of, like, one threes and one fours. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, I'll, well, I'll ping you, I guess. Yeah. It's not as good as you think it is. Yeah. Oh, um, another another card in the Is It Spells deck is the uh, the Burbomancer. Uh, which one? The, the four mana uh, one five. Oh, Murmuring Mystic. Murmuring Mystic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Burbomancer. Yeah. Murmuring Mystic is also insane because it has five toughness. That card is so annoying. That card on camera it's this so weekend annoying. did insane things. Yeah, that would definitely be something. Like if you're an I Is lo- It. I, I love it in my deck. I hate it in everyone else's. Oh, yeah. it that, that five toughness is just so hard to beat. So important. Uh, the third deck I would put is uh, Demir. Granted, 2.5 is probably Disinformation Campaign, because if you get to pull that off, oh, you're cooking with gasoline. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would probably put, I don't know in which order, I would put Convoke and Undergrowth. I would say Convoke. I, I would say know. Convoke above Undergrowth, especially if you can, like if like mentioned, if you can somehow get your hands on some of the payoffs that people don't want. I think Convoke, yeah. Convoke pull, pulls ahead of Undergrowth solely in that fact of if nobody wants these cards, if you go into it, it's still on face value, probably going to be stronger. Yeah. Plus, I happen to, so, I, I've also noticed that sometimes if I'm playing Demir, uh, I'll go 41 or 42 cards, especially if I have a very heavy uh, surveil. Like, it sounds wrong, but I'm okay with going 42 cards just because. I mean, if a lot of my low drops surveil, I'll go 17 lands, 42 cards. I mean, I get that. Am I wrong? Well, you're wrong and I hate you? I, I'm wrong and I'm okay with it? <laughs> like, look, I don't play a lot of limited. I'll, but... I'll leave Marshall to scold you for that one. <laughs> I will, that's look, like... I'll play ham sandwiches. Am I good I at, am I good at lo- limited? I get the logic. Yeah. I get your logic. Yeah. I don't... Oh, no, no, no. It's, no, it's, if... it, no, I'm it's terrible logic. It's, it's rookie logic. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to deck myself. Might as well throw four more cards in here. It's like, no, don't. No, I have almost deck. I've literally not ticked up a Ralzeric before, just because if I ticked up Route anymore, I would literally deck myself in three turns. Like I would have lethal without ticking him up. Uh-huh. It was weird. Like he was stuck See. on two. I was down to like five cards in my library, and if I ticked up Route even once or twice, it would have just like I was like I have the win and I have the way to control them to keep me winning, but I need to survive for four turns. If I uptick Route, so I only have three turns. So it's when my Boris player decked me because I was drawing too many cards with Beast Whisperer. Got exactly, it. yeah. It, it was that kind of thing. Where <laughs> I was just I like, I have to stop playing creatures. I, I would no. be like, I get to my thing. I'm like, hmm, my my graveyard's looking a little. Be- Hold on, seven cards in the library. Yeah, I need to stop drawing cards. I would literally start just yeah. putting surveil cards back on top, even if it was a land. I just shove the lands to the bottom and put the relevant spells on top. I'd be like, yeah, the bottom five cards in my deck are all lands. Thank you very much. Were you misplaying it as Scry? What? Oh no no. Were you misplaying surveil as Scry? No. No, I meant like by the time I got to the bottom of my deck, all I had left were lands because ah. I couldn't ditch them into the yard. I'm confused now because Relzeric definitely. I'm not talking about Rel, I'm talking about surveil cards now at this point. Yeah, but surveil cards don't put them on the bottom. I know. I'm saying I look at the card. Anyways, I, no, no, it doesn't I look, like surveil two, look at two cards, put them back, even if they're lands. Eventually, okay. I start looking at enough cards with surveil two that, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out now. Yeah, it's basically. I'm stacking my library in the fact that, like, I'm stacking, I'm pulling any relevant spell I see to the top and making sure that land is below it. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm on. So board by, now. by the end of the game, like, there was a game where literally the bottom five cards in my library because I had just pushed all of the lands down. Sure. Okay. They, I wasn't trying sense. it. I was just pushing them further down the deck. Gotcha. Sorry for all the right. confusion. I, I, well, I saw people misplaying it as scribe. Oh, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I was, literally, <laughs> I was literally just like, I'm going to stack this so I have relevancy on top. Or like, oh, hold on, Dream Eater. Yeah. Look at four cards. All right. Two of those are lands. You go to the bottom, put the other two on top. And then quasi-duplicate. Yeah, those two stay on the bottom. Yep. Yep. That makes yeah. sense. But it's one of those like, just in those particular decks, you really need to be aware of your library. Oh, yeah. And that's why we don't have a Lab Maniac effect because that'd be kind of gross and disgusting. And you would- That would be like, very gross. turbo, uh, what's it called? Like- turbo mill yourself just to get the lab maniac would be gross hey drown secrets uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I'll give you that. anyways but no i i definitely like so your list i would say the same from my limited experience with limited so far 
capital L on the second one. <laughs> but it's a, a definite underwhelm like they're good, but they're underwhelming. Yeah. Whereas if other people where other people are saying they're in there. other people are saying they're bad, right? Yeah. It's not bad. It's not BFZ bad. No, yeah, no, it's not bad. It's just completely and wholly underwhelming due to our previous experiences. And compared to the other guilds. Oh, That's the other big oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and we're using our the fact that we had Convoke before to see what our past experiences were, judging yeah. it with that and against the power level, all the all the math combined equals eh. Yeah, which means that if you look at the next set, we have Ravnica Allegiance with the other guilds, like the green guilds are Gruul and Simic, which kind of both care about big things in different ways. You have Orzov and you have Azorius, and then you have the other guild is Rakdos. So that's going to be an interesting see how the split works, because like, how is Orzov going to play nice with Azorius and Rakdos? How is Rakdos going to play nice with Azori- with uh, Orzov and uh, Gruul? How is Gruul going to play nice with Rakdos and Simic? How Simic going to play nice with Azorius and uh, And the thing with Rakdos so is, even story-wise, we've gotten away from kind of the hedonistic Rakdos to their, like, so far everything we've learned about what the current state of the Rakdos is, is it's more of like a carnival circus thing that's really weird at least i mean i'm saying at least like vorthos wise what we've gotten so far what they've said hey this is what they're you know they look like this is the kind of thing they're going for i mean the rectus carnival was already a thing just look at the card showstopper well yeah but i'm saying it, it so far things we've seen is it's kind of gone away from the the crazier side of things so far sure we'll see how it goes it, it should be fun yeah. um i'm definitely excited interested to see how I think what we should really do is come back to looking at the guild's mechanics and then combining that with the Ravnica Allegiance mechanics and seeing, okay, could you have shifted one guild to a different, like this guild to this set, this guild to this set, and it improve across the board? That's one thing I'm going to be really excited to look at, you know? Yeah, that'd be interesting because I was also wondering as I was playing with Mausoleum Secrets today, it's like, man, I'd really love to be able to get like a black white card or a black red card, but I don't have those in this set. And like that'd be that would be something where if we drafted sets with other sets now, which we aren't currently, I would love to be able to put like Mausoleum Secrets into Ravnica Allegiance potentially and be like, okay, so what cards can I get with this? Yeah, and you know, you know for a fact that somewhere down the line at a GP they're gonna have guilds Rav- guild plus Ravnica Allegiance plus the unnamed third Ravnica set, like sealed. Oh, it just says like, like a refund. Yeah, thing? they're going to do like Ravnica, th- like Ravnica three sealed or something like that. I could also potentially see like a sealed event where you get one pack of every Ravnica set, it's a nine pack sealed. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I would be in for that. I would make it happen. Channel Fireball, <laughs> that idea's on us. Nine pack sealed. Channel Fireball, that one's free. That one's free. <laughs> anyway, give me a free entry into that I... draft, and I'll be happy. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, yes, that would no, that would actually be kind of cool. Like a history of Ravnica. Yeah, I mean they've done. They already have history of draft. They've done, yeah, they've done weird stuff. I mean, you could do nine pack two headed giant. That's a little light on packs though. Uh, I think normal two headed giants like eight packs now. Yeah, pre no, pre release is the weird one because you get to two six packs and now it's yeah. Yeah, pre release is odd because it's twelve. Each, no, yeah, yeah, twelve you'd be fine. You'd be fine with the two headed giant event. Yeah, there they go. Two headed giant history of Ravnica. Bam, hey. we did it. We got there. But that's Anyways, like but that's like something we wouldn't even worry about till like next spring. Exactly. <laughs> so. That's ways down the line. That's something for future wizards to worry about. Something for like, you know, Vegas twenty nineteen side event. Exactly. Anyways, I think that is going to do it for us. We got I uh, hope you enjoy our little conversation. Yeah, episode hundred next week. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. I I was talking about John, like, we don't have anything planned, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna not supposed to tell the people I that don't care. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. It'll be great. Yeah. Even then, it's still episode Anyways. 100. It's kind of cool. We we hit yeah, that triple. It's, it's di- a big episode. Hit the triple digit mark. We did slowly but surely. We so, got there. We did. De- well, you know what they say. I uh, know. Anyways, Ian, if people wanted to find you on the social media to tell them how wrong I am, <laughs> where can they do so? Wow. Uh, for me, you guys can find me at twi- on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can also find me on Twitch, where I unfortunately wasn't streaming more this weekend than I thought I would, but stuff came up. I'll probably try to stream tomorrow night, if not Thursday morning. So look for that. Follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dix, D-I-X. Uh, I have more Guilds of Ravnica sealed pack or sealed codes to give away. 
But all I think I have one sitting around here somewhere. I have like I don't know where it went. I, people be like, "Hey, do you want these seal codes to give away?" And I'm like, "Yes, give me your seal codes. I will give them away." Because remember, it's one per account. So yeah, but also Magic Arena is pretty great. Yep, Arena's is. Anyway, great. John, where can they find you? You guys can tell me that I'm wrong on Twitter at jwally129. That's jwily129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me in a chat room, don't hesitate to say hi. I would love to make more content, but unfortunately, I'm busy. You when busy. you're not when he's gonna get you when you're not busy for some eternal yeah uh if you want to reach the podcast you can do so in two ways you can hit us up on twitter at eyes and the mize or if you have a more personal question you can shoot us an email at eyes and the mize at gmail.com that's how we let us know how we can best improve the podcast for you our lovely listeners on behalf of ian i'm john thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you all next time mm-hmm.